Folks, before we get started, I want to remind you of our giveaway happening June 15th. On June 15th, if the Bitcoin is not at $1 million, I'll be giving away BitRunner number 97. To enter the giveaway, all you have to do is share your favorite podcast episode. It can be a recent episode or again, your favorite. It doesn't matter. Tag me in the post so that I know that you've shared it and that will give you an entry into the giveaway. On the other hand, if it does hit $1 million by June 15th, I'll be giving away 11 pieces. That's right, folks. We'll have 11 winners. Like, share, and subscribe. All of my relevant contact info can be found on my social media profile, and my DMs are open. So you guys go on ahead and hit me up if you have any questions. Welcome. You are listening to the MKD Podcast. I am your host, D. Miller L. And in this episode, I'm going to cover some of the current events and how I see things going moving forward within the Bitcoin space. It's a little snapshot in time. Uh, we were here last week. Make sure that you guys check out all of our previous episodes to get up to date. All right, without any further ado, let's go on ahead and go in. back again happy to bring y'all this episode i think you'll enjoy it uh be sure if you haven't already to subscribe if you find any value in this episode make sure that you share it all right so number one let's go ahead and get on into this i saw as of recent this is kind of a continuation from the last episode some of the updates coming out of el salvador I saw what I'm going to call the ITMI Act. You guys make sure that you take the time to look into this. Uh, I bring this up because this is setting the tone, right? Setting the, the, the tone for what is, uh, I think, a requirement. I think it's a standard, right? Within the so-called Bitcoin standard, one of the major ethos is that of freedom. And I feel that the ITMI Act that was just signed by President Bukele there in El Salvador represents this. Right, I think, in fact, uh, let me see, it's uh, Innovation, right, Technology Manufacturing Incentive Act. It basically frees Bitcoiners to kind of operate tax-free. And this is freedom, right? As opposed to what we have here, we'll compare it to the U.S. Uh, it's still very hard to navigate, you know, the tax situation here with regards to Bitcoin and anything else associated with Bitcoin. I'm sure that you guys have kind of noticed this as well. Lots of different kinds of tax uh, certain certain things you're not able to do. 
Um, certain things are still unclear, right? We have clarity coming out with this particular act, the ITMI Act there in El Salvador. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the way that I see it is that this is a freedom act. It's emancipating the people from, you know, what I feel and I think most Bitcoiners would agree is, uh, you know, a slave system, right? The current credit system that we're all operating off of from, you know, down from nation state down to individual. This is a this is a slave making system, right? It's a, a debt creating system. And you guys know this is uh, this is something that's close to me, you know, having the background that I have as a right, a so-called African-American or what have you. Uh, <clears throat> this was a system that was, you know, put on African-Americans right after slavery. It was called sharecropping. And many people today kind of associate corporate America with sharecropping. So. For me, right, when I kind of look at the situation, this is a great, this is a great, uh, this is a great, you know, thing to see as a Bitcoiner, right? There's a lot of hope and promise in this. So happy to uh, let you guys know where that is at currently. Like I said, it's it's creating this uh, situation, at least for us here with the MKD podcast, we may end up, <laughs> you know, relocating, you know, sooner than later. And I think that uh, other nation states are likely to kind of follow suit and utilize this as a, as a, uh, as a model in the same way that democracy kind of spread and uh, it was modeled by the U.S. I think that El Salvador is going to be, become the role model, if you will. All right, let's uh, let's keep going. We're about to get into the weeds. Let's go a little deeper into the Bitcoin space. What's going on? So something that has been, you know, cooking in the background or we've kind of been mentioning it throughout this particular season as we ramp the podcast back up. Uh, let's see. So some of the projects that have been happening, right? One that we've been mentioning a lot of is uh, the BRC20 token or what is referred to more commonly referred to as the inscriptions and ordinals, right? These are the, the, the new hype, the new trend of quote unquote NFTs that are being stored directly on the blockchain. We also have the RGB tokens. This is a, If I kind of boil it down, this is kind of like a smart contract protocol. All right. And then something that's kind of been in the space for a little bit longer, I believe, is uh, Taro. Now, Taro is a a little bit different, but it's it's essentially a protocol that allows for, you know, tokens on Lightning. So interesting ideas, right? People are talking about 
you know, having the dollar on lightning via Taro. Um, again, people are talking about smart contract functionality on Bitcoin via the RGB protocol. And this whole NFT thing, right, the inscriptions and the ordinals, the BRC20 token, which is kind of like a playoff of the ERC20 token on Ethereum. All right, so just, just for context, I want that out there. Now, <clears throat> what's kind of interesting about this is that it's, it's a little bit choppy, folks. Like, it, it's, it's supposed to come off like a little bit disorienting. Because they're not really interoperable as of now, right? So these are all kind of like, you know, pieces that really don't fit. <laughs> they don't they don't actually flow together. So we can kind of see that there's a bit of a limitation to some of these projects uh, to begin with. Right? I think that they're great ideas. I think they're got some kind of promise, especially in the experimenting with them. I think we're going to find something good out of it. But I also see that just based on the lack of current interoperability, they're limited, right? And, and how far they're really going to go. Now, again, maybe this changes in the future. We'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out. But these projects, right, in particular, if you kind of just boil down what their what their function is. So you have the NFT function, the smart contract function and uh, the token function. Right. Something I want to kind of point out first before I give you my final conclusion on what's happening right now and where we're headed. So. The current thing that I've noticed, and I said that this would be like a triggering point for me, is that the blockchain is now experiencing the bloat. The bloat that was, you know, happening back during the the hash, not the uh, hash wars. It was the block size wars. So there was this issue, right, guys? There was this issue about how we were going to kind of move forward because it was coming to a point where it was very obvious Bitcoin was not going to scale. There were so many transactions happening that the transaction fees were through the roof and it was not practical for everyone to be able to use the main chain in that way, right? Just for basic transactions. Like if you wanted to pay for a coffee, <laughs> it did not make much sense to have a fee that was more than the coffee. So some people propose larger blocks. Others propose the lightning protocol. The lightning network would basically win, which is great. All right. We find ourselves back in a similar place. The transaction fee for a basic Bitcoin transaction is starting to increase now. And a lot of this has to do with some of these projects that I've just made mention of, namely the BRC20 token, i.e. the ordinals and inscriptions. 
right? Now, maybe this is something that's, you know, bound to happen and continue to happen, like because it's happened before and it appears to be happening again. Maybe this will be an ongoing kind of phase, right? Maybe there will be cycles of this within the Bitcoin space is what I imagine may become a reality. Now, I also think that this may be a catalyst, right? I think that this could be a potential catalyst. So, yes, we're back where we were with these high fees again. But now we do have lightning. Right now we do have lightning. And I think that this will be a catalyst not only for lightning, but more importantly to the e-cash, the, the Chamian e-cash. Right? I think that this will put forth a certain amount of pressure on lightning. And this will make more apparent how valuable the e-cash is. Because I don't know that Lightning is ready for this stress test. Right? With uh, Taro and everything else going on. I think that it's definitely, that, as far as that project is concerned, I think that, you know, as far as a network, there, there's a lot of, uh, there, it's still very buggy, folks. Let's just be honest. Lightning is very buggy. So to be able to take the sats off of offline to take them off of the lightning network and still be able to transact with satoshis is is again going to make itself much more apparent much more obvious uh in the next couple of years i would say right as these projects develop and we kind of see who is going to survive out of these projects or if any of them will survive and progress into the future so we'll see Right. We'll see how these particular projects fare as time goes on. But again, the reason why it's a triggering point for me as far as the, the bloat is be, it's more so not not just the fees going up for the main chain transactions on Bitcoin, but it's also got to do with my node running. So it's important for me to, you know, maintain a ledger. I think that all Bitcoiners can see the value in running a node, right? This is, this is the decentralization aspect of Bitcoin. Now, if the bloat continues, this may create an issue for node runners. So this is, uh, again, a, a red flag. This is something that I think all Bitcoiners should consider. I believe that there is some software out there available to where you can kind of prune your node from maintaining that data. Uh, but I definitely, me personally, I have to do a bit more research on that. If you guys have been interested in the same, you know, issue and have a fix for that or have an approach for that, I'd love to hear your feedback in the comment section. Let me know what you guys are thinking about and, and doing about this particular issue, right? Again, for all my node runners. Um, I think I've said this in the past, but I run an umbral. What are you guys using to run your node? Let me know in the comment section. Okay, now I had mentioned that this could be a catalyst, right? Catalyst moment. Maybe we'll look back and say, <laughs> 
that the guy's doing the, the, the bloating and spamming and basically like a DDoS attack <laughs> of Bitcoin with their ordinals and inscriptions. Maybe this was the catalyst uh, to not only the eCash, but to Liquid. Right. You guys know that uh, the liquid liquid network is is very relevant to us. That is how, you know, we've acquired a NFT collection. This is how the giveaway is happening. So what's what kind of brings this all full circle is that what is being done via the Taro, uh, the RGB, you know, smart contracts and the uh, BRC20 NFT tokens, all of this functionality that people are engaged in right now in development of, all of these can be done, you know, on liquid. You know, to a certain degree, uh, all of these things are being done on liquid. So I find it, I find it interesting. I, I almost see it as a, as a, how should we say this? Uh, the cream will rise to the top, right? So whether whether we go the direction of, you know, the discombobulated Taro RGB BRC20, right side, or do we go with the liquid side? I think the cream will rise to the top. There's obviously a demand, right? Otherwise, I guess these projects wouldn't exist to begin with. However, because it's an open source, you know, permissionless landscape, you're going to have these varying, you know, ideas and, and ways in which we're trying to accomplish the same thing. Now, which one is more efficient or which one is actually the better route? That is what is going to only come out in time. Right. That comes out in the wash. I'm enthusiastic. You guys know which side of, the, of, of this argument that we stand. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I, I wish I wish just success for everybody across the board, because we all know how Bitcoin works with all of this innovation. Um, it increases the value of the underlining, you know, asset, i.e. Bitcoin. So regardless, it's a win for all Bitcoiners. The. The experimentation is amazing, right? Some of it a little short-sighted. However, you know, like nonetheless, it's cool. Let's see how everything kind of unravels. And I'm here for it. Let me know about you guys. Like, how are y'all feeling about the space right now? Are you enthusiastic? Are you bummed out? Okay. So, uh, I won't keep you guys. This wasn't necessarily a... extra long episode but i wanted to make sure we put some content out there so that we keep it consistent i'll catch you guys on the next episode peace